0: Pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. The volume. There's so much to be thankful for. Family, friends, food, and the NFL all week long. DraftKings Sportsbook is keeping your Thanksgiving week full of action. New customers can bet just five bucks on the NFL action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. No matter your appetite, there's something for you. Money lines, parlays, props, live bets, and so much more. You name it, they got it. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code JOHN. New customers can bet five on the NFL Thanksgiving action to score 150 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code John, the crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 in West Virginia. Visit www. 1-800-GAMBLER.NET. Please play responsibly. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. On behalf of Boothill Casino and Resort Kansas, must be 21 or older in eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility and deposit restrictions apply. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash terms. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out. How are we doing? Well, probably not as good as the Eagles, who get a massive, massive win against the champs at Arrowhead, down on the road in the rain, and Jalen and the defense, and Devontae and the tush push, and the drops by the Chiefs. Uh, nuts, man. Valdez Scantling, he's the new Nelson Aguilar. So we, we will dive into Monday Night Football, which for the whole, I thought was outstanding. I love a good, ugly, grimy, in the just inclement weather. Like, I like being in my house. In about 72 degrees. I had it actually about 69, but I had the fire on. uh, Eating some Rice Krispie treats. But I like watching football that is just ugly. And that that was an old school throwback game. Really, really enjoyed it. So we'll dive into Monday Night Football. We will fly around the league as well. My guy Tommy DeVito, three touchdowns. And some other good, bad, and ugly from around the NFL. Listen, if you listen on Collins feed, make sure you subscribe to 3 and Out. We have a new YouTube channel as well that we put all the 3 and Out content up. So go subscribe to that, just the 3 and Out with me. Uh, you can find it on the on the little thing called the YouTube. I go on with Colin on Sunday night. It's no longer on my 3 and Out feed. It's just obviously on his feed and the the Herd's feed. So I, I, me and him going for close to an hour now every uh, Sunday night. That's a lot of fun talking, talking a little Lincoln Riley and Brandon Staley. So, if you want to hear some takes on Brandon Staley, I have a lot of them. I guess I'll have some today on the mailbag at John Middlecoff. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram fire into those DMs. But me me and Colin talk for a while. Here's the plan this week. So, I'm going to have this podcast. Wednesday's podcast will only just be me and Stucky. We'll just do a gambling preview for Thursday and then the weekend. And then I'll probably have a little something after. Uh, the Thursday night games, and maybe a preview for the weekend, Ohio State, Michigan, all those games on Friday morning. We'll have a podcast up and also have it on the YouTube feed. So, you know, it's Thanksgiving week. I know everyone's with their family. Hopefully everyone's having a great Thanksgiving. And it's, you know, it's always good to kind of take a deep breath and just have a good time, have a few cocktails, have some turkey sandwiches, watch some football, and just enjoy the people close to you. I mean, it's, a, it's very important, actually. So hopefully everyone's doing that and appreciate – very thankful for all you guys that listen to the podcast. I, I really, I really appreciate everybody doing that because without you guys, this wouldn't, it just be me talking into a mic for nothing. So thank you guys. That was fun. Do you ever want to go to a game like that? Do you live in one of these towns that are hosting some of these big football games, college or pro coming down the home stretch for college, right? Do you want to go to a big college football bowl game? Maybe the playoffs, the NBA, college basketball, concerts, comedy shows. Well, here's what you do. You go to your app store, you download the game time app. You download the game time app. And you sign up for a pair of tickets, any pair of tickets to any event, and use the promo code John, J-O-H-N, J-O-H-N, and get $20 off your first pair of tickets. It's very, very easy to do. I recommend it to anyone and a lot of you guys that have used it, told me to go to games. I'm glad. Hopefully you had fun, and I'm glad you saved 20 bucks. So download the game time app, the official ticketing app of this podcast. Promo code John, $20 off. Do it now. You know what's funny is when I when I watch games and my mom, we got family in town for Thanksgiving, I'm constantly thinking of what my angle is going to be, especially uh, these instant reactions, what we're going to talk about when it comes to uh, what we just witnessed on Monday Night Football, on Thursday Night Football, on Sunday Night Football. And when I felt pretty confident, you know, Jalen was playing pretty shitty. It's like, God, the Chiefs... We're up, I think, 17-7. Like, Chiefs, do you know who they remind me of? Is like that stretch in the last dance, right? Like the 97-98 Bulls. They weren't quite as sexy as the early run in the early 90s. Michael Jordan, Scotty weren't quite as athletic, but they still had Michael Jordan, just like the Chiefs, still had Mahomes. They had Phil. They got Andy. But it was just a little grimier. It was just a little tougher. But they were still always going to win. You know, the Patriots, they kind of morphed the opposite way. You know, the 07 team and that kind of run with Randy Moss and Wes Welker was incredible to watch offensively, but they didn't have the same defenses that they had in 01 and 03 and 04. So it would kind of be like backtracking. Well, this Chiefs team, I was like, they're kind of like the late 90s Bulls. And then somehow Jalen, and this is why and how you become an elite player. Right? It's what they talk about in baseball with elite pitchers, like a guy like Pedro Martinez or Roy Halladay or you know whoever the top pitchers are now. A lot of them go like five innings, so it's hard for me to keep track. But when you don't have your A stuff, can you still find a way, at least in my day, to go seven innings and give your team a chance? And tonight you're watching that game. It's ugly. Every first down is contested. The game was so physical. I mean, there are a ton of premium players all over the field. It's awesome. That's why I watch football. I love, you know, east of where I live, you know, this is not USC, UCLA. This is not Rams versus Colts in a dome. Outdoor, it's cold as shit. It's raining. It's hard to catch. It's just, it's going to be very, very difficult. I don't care if you got Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes or you got DeVito and Zach Wilson. It was going to be difficult. And then Jalen, who I thought was playing really, really poorly, Finds a way. Scores on a rushing touchdown. Then they get the ball. I think it was off the uh, Travis Kelsey fumble. They bust a big DeAndre Swift play. Who He's been fantastic for the Eagles. They hit Devontae Smith down the sideline. He throws a beautiful deep ball. That's the thing. When Jalen is off, at any moment, he can have a big run with his legs, a big play with his legs, whether it's to gain a first down or whether it's to score a touchdown. And he also is an explosive passer. So even if it's not looking great in the short and intermediate game, and a lot of times throughout this season, it does not look good. You're like, God, the Jalen that we saw last year, who's probably going to win the MVP, it just doesn't quite look the same. And then a moment's notice, bomb down the sideline, former Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith, tush, push, touchdown, they take the lead. And they never relinquish it. And clearly the Chiefs, who aren't really built at this time, you get in some of these comeback situations, especially in a game like tonight where it's raining. I mean, that stat, they dropped it early in the game that the Chiefs lead the league in drops. You're like, yeah, it kind of feels like that. And once they said that in the first or second quarter, I swear to God there were 10 drops throughout the game after that point. But this is a game that, I mean, these are easily two of the best teams in the league. We we all know that coming in. But, it, you know, it, it basically came down to who could make a big play in the passing game. Jalen Hurts did and Patrick Mahomes also did, except his wide receiver dropped it. And right now, the difference between those two teams, and I would say I think the the Chiefs' defense is better. The Eagles' offense is clearly more explosive. And while the Eagles' defense is not as complete, because I don't think their secondary is as good as the Chiefs' secondary, their defensive line is dominant. And at any moment, multiple guys can be all over your ass in the backfield. But like I said, Jalen Hurts completes the big pass to Devontae Smith. When Patrick Mahomes did it, his guy drops it. But he's not throwing it to Tyreek anymore. Because if that was Tyreek Hill, now part of the reason they're really good and a much more of a complete team is because they made that trade. And McDuffie, who was all over the place tonight, had some big time plays. They got him because they traded Tyreek Hill. So you, you couldn't have them both. But like that used to be him. And he walked in to score. Instead now it's Valdez Scantling. And he literally hits him in the hands, and it drops to the ground. So listen, the Eagles, to come in in that environment, to have your quarterback not playing well, to be losing, it felt like the majority of the game, and find a way to win kind of symbolizes their entire season. They are not showing up, and it feels like you're just watching their A game. Yet when the clock hits double zero, they have more points than the other team. You're like, how the hell did they just pull that off? And part of it is they have a lot of premium players at a lot of different positions, basically every position that matters. And one thing right now, the Chiefs clearly lack. Now, ultimately, I think they can overcome it because in the AFC, with all the quarterback injuries, who do they really have to beat, right? I mean, really, it's the Ravens and I guess the Browns, but the Browns are going to score on them. No chance. So hell, they can win that game like 10 to three. I think the Chiefs can still win the AFC, but you can see when they play some of these NFC teams, they don't play the 49ers, but the 49ers and the Eagles just have a little more firepower than them. And in these tight games, when, you know, 24, 25 points is going to determine the outcome, it can be difficult for the Chiefs to get to that number. You felt it today. Now, I understand it was pouring rain, but beside Kelsey, it's kind of a work in progress. You know, Andy Reid, several times a night, the Andy Reid I know and love, Passes it on all downs. But Pacheco's clearly a second-best offensive player, a skill guy behind Travis Kelsey. Runs it a lot on first down. I don't blame him. I, I would, too. You just don't have as much faith in these guys, which ultimately might not be their downfall in the AFC. But it, I think you watch this team and you go, God, they would have to play... Now, where's the game? The Super Bowl. It's in a dome. So the weather means nothing. But whether they get home field, which... It's going to be difficult. The Ravens still have a tough games. So do the Chiefs. Who knows? I would say it's probably a coin flip between those two teams to get the home field advantage. But you're, the games are going to be outdoors, right? Whether it's in Kansas City or Baltimore. So it's just going to be difficult for these wide receivers to make plays. And um, just enormous win by the Eagles. Let me say one thing. Sirianni seems like a good guy. Be a fun guy to bullshit, talk ball with, have some beers with. And the one thing I respect the most about the Eagles, their highest paid player is just a serious cat. Jalen is not some big, you know, fist pumper, shit talker. He's just very, he's like, he's like Belichick or Andy. There's no ups and downs. You never see the emotion, right? We've all seen that meme over the years of like national championship, when he's benched, when he throws the game winning touchdown, his reactions are always the same. The, The douchey Sirianni after... One, anytime there's a PBU, he acts like he was Deion Sanders on the play. It's like, Nick, you're in like seven layers. You're not calling the offense or the defense. You're just, you know, motioning timeout a couple times a game. Let's tone it down a little bit, buddy. And then after the game, him like running around the field, motioning at the fans. I I mean, come on, bro. Like that's, that's douchey behavior. I've supported him before, but I thought tonight you're playing the defending champs. It's a big boy game. I, if you want to do it against the Commanders and the Giants and the Cowboys, let's just fucking act like you've been there before. You literally just were in the Super Bowl against these guys with a late lead. I, I, that, that to me, I, I want to like the guy, and I have liked him. I don't know him personally, but that's kind of fucking loser behavior. I mean, let's, let's, let's just call a spade a spade. I don't expect you to act like Andy Reid 24-7, but let's just, come on, bro. Come on, man. You know, the Eagles, man, they're they're pretty complete. I mean, they, they can, like we said, they can have their C game and find a way. The thing with the Chiefs, but those drops are real. I mean, balls are going through guys' hands. Uh, Kelsey has a drop. To me, he's separate from everyone else. He's allowed to have a bad drop. Steph Curry can miss a three. But some of these other guys, how are you going to depend on valdez Scantling? And clearly, they don't have a choice. So that that is a little concerning at the highest levels when they're going to play the Ravens, if they get to the Super Bowl against the Eagles or the 49ers. uh, The margin is just much smaller for this team, though they are built. And overall, like I said, you sign me up for a game in that weather, that intensity, uh, I'll watch that 24-7, 365. You can have your, you know, multiple quarterbacks throwing for 700 yards each, five touchdowns, like you take that seven on seven BS somewhere else. Throw me back to the 90s and 80s every once in a while and give me a game that's just grimy, ugly. Every penalty, people are freaking out because it really matters. Uh, The Fletcher Cox penalty late. Listen, I I, I come from a school, like, I I wish that shit was still allowed to fly, but it's not anymore. So that is a penalty. I hate it. I'm sure many people listening hate it, but these are the rules. I mean, these are kind of the rules we play by. I saw... I think Tom Brady went on Stephen A's podcast. It's got to be quite the listen. And he had a great point. He's like, I I don't understand how an offensive player can be defenseless. Like, isn't it on? It's not on them to defend themselves or or defenders to defend themselves from the offensive players. Like, it's it's on them, an offensive player going over the middle to protect himself. But the rules, like, they, they have changed. Football has changed. And it's not just because. They think it's cool to do it. It's all based on litigation, CTE, concussions. Like, this is all about money. When all else fails in society, whether it's sports, whether it's politics, anything, business, it goes back to the money. So these rules have all been dictated by the lawsuits years ago. Not as fun to watch for us purists, but it is what it is. And you got to be careful around the quarterback, especially... People are, like, tweeting me. It's the golden boy. Yeah, it is the golden boy. It's fucking Patrick Mahomes. Multiple MVPs. Multiple Super Bowls. Like, this is their new star. This is the new Favre. This is the new Peyton Manning. This is the new guy that sells for the league. You put him on, you get 30 million people on couches. So, yeah, they're going to protect him. But that, that that flag is thrown against, if it's reversed, against Jalen Hurts. If it's Dak Prescott. If it's Brock Purdy. If it's Jared Goff. Like, that, that flag's getting thrown. And, you know, God, Fletcher Cox for an old guy is still pretty powerful. But... What a game! What a win by the Eagles. That's that's a that's a hard loss for Kansas City, man. It's one thing to lose; another thing when you have the lead the majority of the game, you're at home. For them to come back like that, the way they want it, that that lived up to the hype. I wanted to go around the league a little bit, and I thought the way I would do this is a little good, bad, and ugly. We'll just kind of go through some positives, uh, some bad, and then the really ugly in the NFL. Uh, some of the stuff that me and Colin uh, at Sunday. Before the Sunday night game that we didn't get a chance to go over, obviously the Sunday night game. I mean, you talk about good. Listen, when you give up, or excuse me. Let, let's put it preface, say it by like this: You score twenty points. If I, if you're just an NFL team and you score twenty points, I'm like, you know, you lost by a lot. You're like, God, we gave up forty points. Like we lost forty to twenty. Like that's an ass kicking. If I tell you you scored twenty points and you lose by fifty and this is the National Football League, not college, not the pros, you would never believe me. You, you No chance you would ever believe me. So when the Denver Broncos lost 70-20, to 20, it's it's hard to take you seriously, at least for the next month after that. So it wasn't just, you know, kicking a guy when he's down. It's, it's easy to make fun of Brandon Staley now. Those of us that have been talking about it for three years are kind of exhausted by it. It's like, yeah, I'm tired of this topic, can we move on? Just fire the guy already. I've been talking about this since like 2021. But when you give up 70 points, 70 points, and you, and you score 20, so you live by 50, I just couldn't take you seriously. And then they win the game last night, and you look up, you're like, the Denver Broncos are 5-5? Five and five? They're 5-5? Five and five? I you gotta give the guy some credit, right? Sean Payton, who I, I thought was kind of losing his touch, was into all this weird shit, like making guys not wear sunglasses on the sideline and no sweats or whatever his rules were, no backwards hats. It was just in the preseason about all this weird shit and then the way the season started and then Vance Joseph was defense coordinator. And now you look up, they look pretty, they just look like a credible NFL team. I wouldn't bet on them necessarily making the playoffs, but by any means, I would not have picked them. Hell, I would have picked the Minnesota Vikings last night. If I bet on that game, I would have bet on the Vikings. Would have felt pretty good about it going through. Now, did they get little lucky with Russell Wilson kind of pulling a play out of his ass? Yeah! But part of Russell Wilson where we're like, where is that guy? That's what he used to do in Seattle. So that play when he throws up to Sutton, like, that's a little throwback Russ. Throwback Russ is a guy that would make plays. You're like, that was kind of lucky. But he'd just do it over and over. He's clearly not as dynamic as he was, like, in the peak of his powers. But he is dramatically better than he was last year. And I would say... You know, definitely much improved from where he was early on in the season. Like, it's kind of working. Little dink and dunk aspect to him. They're playing better defense. So, Sean Payton, the last several weeks, has been really, really good. Listen, I I like Nick Wright. Uh, I think he cares a lot about sports, watches all the games, which a lot of people in this business I definitely don't believe do. They just kind of throw shit at the wall, have takes, get some paid, whatever. But he had a take last week that I saw come across my timeline where everyone on set like Chris Broussard, I don't think it was Greg it might have been Greg Jennings and uh, Kevin Wilds, and all the guys on set were just I mean their jaw hit the floor they, they 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 were they were beyond taken back they were speechless because he said if you flip-flop Baker Mayfield and Brock Purdy that the 49ers would basically be even better and they would you know could easily win the Super Bowl and the Buccaneers would be awful and my issue with that take was in a vacuum, Brock Purdy's a much better player in 2023 than Baker Mayfield. And you watch that game uh, against the Bucs, like the Bucs actually have some pretty good players. Mike Evans, still pretty good. Uh, Devin White, still pretty good. Vita Vea is really good. Christian is really good. Like they got dudes, they, they got some players. They, they got a ton of players that the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Niners, the Chiefs would gladly take and start immediately. Brock Purdy is in a different universe than Baker. But I'm not going to spend much time talking about that because you all are going to agree with me. Here's the reality with Brock Purdy. If we want to argue about him, if you start comparing him to Mahomes or like Lamar Jackson or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, it's a pointless exercise. The dude started 16 or 17 games in his career. But right now, this version of Brock Purdy is a really good player. Like, really good. And relative to what the 49ers won a lot of games with in Jimmy Garoppolo who was kind of the definition of average. If he had a good game, he'd be like the 11th best quarterback. When he had a bad game, he'd be like the 18th best quarterback. But he kind of lived in that middle ground, somewhere between like 12 and 17. And their defense was really good, and Kyle was good, and they could find ways to win, you know, double-digit games and make playoff runs. This guy's a real quarterback. Now, where he ranks, I don't know. The way he's played the last two weeks, he's played like a top seven or eight quarterback in the NFL. He's a borderline Pro Bowler right now in the NFC, right? There's a big four in the NFC right now. Jalen, Dak, him, and Jared Goff. And I'm talking about not the fake Pro Bowl when a guy goes to Super Bowl, another guy goes plays play golf, and they all tap out, and all of a sudden you look up and it's like Mac Jones is in the Pro Bowl. I'm talking the best three guys in your conference go to the Pro Bowl. He has a very good argument for that. And he's going to play in some big-time games coming up. He's got Seattle. Thursday night, everyone in the country is going to be watching. You're either going to be, not be able to move, coma, on your couch if you live on the East Coast, or maybe eating dinner right at the dinner table with the game on the background. Everyone's going to be watching. You know who he plays the following week? Philadelphia Eagles. Got news for you. A shitload of people are watching that game. Pretty sure the following week, if not the following week, it might be in two weeks, he plays the Ravens. So, I mean, he's got Seattle, the Ravens, and the Eagles coming up. and Obviously, Eagles first, then the Ravens, but... Like, I'm not saying he's going to win the MVP, but he's a lot better than a lot of people on TV that I don't think watch every 49er game. And don't blame him. Like, there's no point in watching, if there are other good games on, watching Niners bucks. I could have told you the outcome before kickoff. There was a reason it was a double-digit spread. The Niners were going to kick their ass, and they did. But if you watched him play, he is throwing bombs down the sideline. He averaged, you know, at one point in time in the game, he was averaging almost 15 yards a pass. Completion. Like, this guy pushes the ball down the field. So many guys in the middle tier, the Derek Carrs, the Alex Smiths, we talk about being like dink and dunk guys. He's the opposite. He throws the ball down the field. So, like, I got news for you. Brock Purdy's is a good player. Right now, this version. Brock Purdy's good. Listen, we can talk shit about Dallas all we want. They're a weird team, right? They've played some good teams, and they haven't found a way to win, right? They played the 49ers got destroyed, played the Eagles, lost a lot of self-inflicted wounds. When they play bad teams, they destroy you. If they could ever figure out a way to bring whatever that swag, confidence, just mojo, like the Eagles, they can blow you out if they have to, but they have no problem playing an ugly-ass game and winning. Hell, like the Niners right now, they just blow you out. They they don't really win these ugly games. No team wins ugly games like the Philadelphia Eagles right now. Dallas, no team blows you out quite like the Dallas Cowboys. They feel like Alabama when they're playing like Chattanooga. Or Alabama when they're playing like uh, Vanderbilt. You're like, what, what's spread there? 40? And, and they cover. That's the Cowboys when they play crappy teams. What else did we want to hit on? We've got to give Josh Allen his flowers. Three touchdowns after his offensive coordinator gets fired. It's always, I, I don't have inside information there into the dynamics of him and Ken Dorsey. He gave some quotes saying how much he owes to Ken Dorsey. Ken obviously was the quarterback coach before Dayball left. Those situations are always weird, right? It, it could just be, you know, this is not, you know, in the NBA, for example, the equivalent of Josh Allen would be like a top seven, eight player, right? It'd be a Giannis, uh, you know, a, a big-time player, a Max guy, a Kevin Durant. I know these guys have won championships, but you know what I mean. It'd be a guy with a lot of pull, a Luka, whoever, you name the superstar. When a guy like Ken Dorsey got fired in the middle of the season, you would say to yourself, well, he got him fired. But in football, Sean McDermott, you know, and Josh Allen's quote was, you know, Sean told me his logic and I agreed. And you're like, yeah, it's very true. The front office, it's a front office and coaching. Uh, management style, right? So it's it's hard to truly know, but solid start for Joe Brady. Now it's Bill's Eagles. Pretty big game Sunday. And last but not least, I have no problem, and I've said this before, I remember going in 2014 and I watched J.J. Watt play live. I'm like, that's the best player in the NFL. It was week two. He had just come off week one against the Redskins, where I think he had like three sacks, like 10 TFLs. One of the assistant coaches... Told me from the Raiders that game that one of like the dudes it was it was Kyle Shanahan or someone had told him that they thought that was the best game they'd ever coached against like seeing a player like that live dominate and JJ finished second that year in MVP. Aaron Rodgers won. Now granted, Aaron Rodgers that year was like thirty eight and five touchdown interception. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is a legitimate MVP candidate. Had a fantastic year. Is there a lock quarterback that you're like, no doubt about it, has to win the MVP? Why can't another position win the MVP? I think Miles Garrett right now is the best player in the NFL. I mean, the Browns, if they win 12 games with the corpse of Deshaun Watson early on in the season, P.J. Walker and a rookie quarterback, and Miles Garrett has 20-plus sacks, and if you just watch him, like, you don't need to be... Some defensive guru to be like, "What the hell is that?" It's like if you watch Shaq in like '96 on the Orlando Magic, you'd be like, "Uh, what, what, what's what's going on here?" Honestly, it's like the clip of Shaq in the movie Blue Chips when Nick Nolte goes down to the Bayou in New Orleans, and he goes. It's one of my favorite sports movie scenes ever, and he goes into this gym. Everyone's soaked in sweat. the The gym or the rim is like wood. And there's a bunch of random dudes. And Shaq is dunking on guys, blocking shots. He looks like a mutant. And, you know, they, they get him in. He hadn't passed the ACT or whatever. That's how Miles Garrett looks in the NFL right now. So, to me, he obviously he's going to win the defensive player of the year. And I think sometimes these voters are like, well, he won the defensive player of the year. It's like Aaron Donald or J.J. Watt. Remember Aaron, Aaron Donald some years would be like, that's the best player in the NFL. Just give the MVP to Miles Garrett if none of these quarterbacks have 35, 40 touchdowns. Even if they do, like, the eye test, even Jalen. Jalen won the game tonight for the Eagles, or, or played a huge part in winning the game. But he's not an MVP this year. He had a better season last year. Now, he's a winner. He knows what he's doing. But, like, I, I'd have no problem giving it to Miles Garrett. Now let's go to the bad. C.J. Stroud and Jared Goff are having awesome years, right? They're just... If C.J. Stroud gets the Houston Texans to the playoffs, that's an incredible accomplishment. I mean, I don't even know how you would describe football-wise what he did because their team isn't that good. Now, they have clearly a good young coach. They do have some pieces. But the Houston Texans, even with a million injuries in the AFC uh, quarterbacks, should not be able to make the playoffs as a wild card. That should not happen. Like, the Pittsburgh Steelers should not lose a wild card spot to the Houston Texans. But it's on the table right now. He threw three picks yesterday. Jared Goff did as well. Now, both teams found ways to win, right? Both teams, the Texans a little less. I mean, they had the lead, but Kyler was doing some stuff. The Lions pulled that play, that game out of their ass. Like, the Lions should not have won that. And like Miles Garrett, like to me, Miles Garrett to me, He's like two more games away from just like give the guy the MVP. Like, I don't see how you'd argue anything else. I think Dan Campbell, there was a stat yesterday on the Fox broadcast once the Lions won that game. They're, they're, they're not 12-0. They're not, you know, 13-2. They're 8-2. and 8-2. and 2. It's the best record for the franchise since nineteen sixty. That is that's the craziest stat I've heard all season. Eight and two is their best start since nineteen sixty. That sums up the Lions. If Dan Campbell and I, it's different in in pro football than college. Like if you were ever to go like twelve and zero at Oregon State or at Kansas State or at some of these schools, you'd be like, "It's the best coaching job I've ever seen." It's like when Jim Harbaugh went eleven and one at Stanford. Like Jim Harbaugh went eleven and one at Stanford. One time when I was on radio, I used to have Bruce Feldman on. He said in all of his years covering college football, it's the most incredible accomplishment he's ever seen. Getting Stanford that good. I mean, they had John Elway in the mid-80s. They went like 6-6. Six and six. I mean, you, just, you don't go 11-1 and one at Stanford. And then they just kept rattling off with David Schatz, why people wanted to hire him for being an NFL coach. Dan Campbell, you, you win 13 games with the Lions. I don't give a shit when anyone else does. He's going to win the coach of the year. The bad, listen, the Bears were winning all game. I'll give the Bears some credit. They're playing really hard, and they easily could have won that game, but they lost. So uh, it's an ugly loss because it was going to be difficult for you to lose, but you found a way to lose, and you almost found a way to lose by a lot more. Uh, Luckily, it was a safety and not a touchdown toward the end of the game with Justin Fields, but ultimately, it's a positive. Like If you're the Bears at this point in time, you do not want to win these games. It's pointless. But the best way to tank in the NFL, which doesn't exist, we talk about all the time. It, it just—it's impossible. Everyone's trying, is to just give the fans an incredible kind of ride and then lose, right? Because what is the difference of going five and twelve or three and three and fourteen, right? Maybe a field goal here or fumble there. You might as well lose those games if it means getting a quarterback or just giving yourself more options. Let's get to the ugly. I watched the majority. I mean, basically every snap. I was dialed in. I had the sound on. I had one of the four boxes, but I had the sound on on the Browns-Steeler game. And that was just good old-fashioned AFC North football. Dudes getting crushed. Miles Garrett crushing people. TJ Watt crushing people. Highsmith crushing people. Love that style of football. Was difficult to watch Kenny Pickett. Like I wasn't expecting much of DTR. So when he's struggling or not being able to move the offense up and down the field, no shit. He's, you know, a rookie who I don't have high expectations for. But Kenny Pickett went first off with the Steelers. And I think any Steeler fan, anyone that gambled on the Steelers as I did, and anyone in fantasy football that has Warren on their fantasy football team, every time that Tomlin, Canada, who's ever in charge of the running back coach, takes Jalen Warren out of the game for Najee Harris, you want to put your fist through a wall. I had a decent amount of money on the Steelers, and I felt pretty good about it, especially when they tied at 10-10. I'm like, they're going to win this game! And they kept rotating their backs. Like, stop putting Najee Harrison! Jalen Warren, this guy looks like a star against one of the best defenses we've seen in recent memory. He's running all around. And they kept yanking him in and out of the game. And every time he was in the game... He'd have a 15-yard screen pass. He'd bust a fucking nine-yard run. And then you look up, he's coming off the field. I'm all for a guy getting a breather, but it was not your normal breather. It was like, oh, rotating. Stop rotating. Your quarterback stinks. Kenny Pickett was awful. I mean, was really bad. It looked, a lot of times, it's one thing to miss passes, which he did. It's another thing, it's like, part of Kenny Pickett is has to be I got to win with my mind. It was Mac Jones's thing. You can't make bad decisions. You have to know, be on the same page with your wide receivers. You have to master your playbook. And there were countless times where he'd throw the ball and no one would be there. It was like him and the wide receiver are not on the same page. It's like, this is, if I'm Tomlin, whether it's Canada, whether it's Pickett, whether it's white, this is a disaster. Now, ultimately I've seen a lot of people dragging this guy. Like he's Zach Wilson. I think he's better than Zach Wilson. He's also playing easily the best defense in the league. So it was going to be difficult. He looked worse, though, than I imagined. Embarrassing performance. Now, what are you going to do? Bench him for Mitch Trubisky? You don't really have any other options, but that's a rough one because you draft this guy in the first round. It's one thing if Kenny Pickett was like, hey, we just found this guy in the fourth round. We'll figure it out. You draft this guy with this 20th overall pick. You drafted this guy to be, let's face it, your franchise quarterback. Newsflash, he's not. Obviously, a guy who's not their franchise. Zach Wilson is awful. He, he really is. He's he's a pitiful player. He, he's really, really bad. And sometimes, like, I say this all the time. I, I think sometimes it's like, you're just talking shit about NFL players. I I, try, I have nothing but respect. It is so hard to make it to the NFL. It's not hard to become an NFL assistant coach. It is. It's much more difficult to make an NFL roster, to play special teams for a year, let alone to get drafted high and become a starting quarterback. But then you got to play, and like, are you good enough? And I've seen countless players say this, and they're so right. That if he played any other position, right, if he was a guard, if he was a linebacker, if he was a kicker, whatever, he would never play. But because of where he was drafted and the position he plays, he has gotten probably more chances for a team that has a lot of talent than the overwhelming majority of players in the NFL, including a lot of quarterbacks would have gotten. But it's it's become an embarrassment. Now, they benched him. Uh, I, I would say he's played his last snap for the Jets, but I thought that last year, after he blamed like everyone else except himself, and then all the other quarterbacks got injured. I mean, they can play Tim Boyle. They can play Vinny Testaverde. They can play, uh, what's his name from uh, Marshall Pennington. It doesn't matter. Those guys are going to get hurt. This office, I, I would imagine we see Zach Wilson again. I think in a perfect world, and here's the problem. Like, they don't have the balls to do this because he's their guy, right? And this is, I, I never understand this in football. People often say, like, you, you just said a couple weeks ago you like this player. Well, yeah, then I've watched the last month, and he's not any good. Or you thought this team was going to be good. I did, and then they're not. So you got to change your opinions, right? If you buy a stock for $100 and you really like it and it goes to $150, you are going to ride that bad boy. If you buy the stock for $100 and you really like it, then all of a sudden, six months later, you look at it as $20. You're probably not going to be as high on the company. So you're watching Zach Wilson. Like, just cut the guy. Just cut him. Just remove him. You've already paid him. No one else is going to take him. He'll never have an ounce of trade value. Like, there's no team. The Eagles, the Chiefs, you name it, wouldn't trade him to be their four-string quarterback for a bag of footballs and a cheesesteak. No one will touch him. He has cost you so many games. I mean, that was... It's gotten uglier these last couple weeks. It's really gotten uglier. Guy just runs into sacks. Washington. Division games are weird. I love the Bears last week. It's like, they're getting eight and a half points, whatever, against the Lions. Division games get weird. It's why, like, if the Cardinals played the Niners this week, I'd be like, that ten points is too much. right? You you would just Seattle. Like, Seattle, that game is going to be tight on Thursday night. Hell... Cowboys commanders. I look because it's like, oh, the Cowboys going to blow another team out. Well, division games, I could see it being a close game in the second half. Now, i like the Cowboys to win, but division games get weird. But to get worked by the Giants, to get destroyed by the Giants, who felt a lot like the Bears and the Panthers, like their season was over. And then you're looking up, because I thought, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to watch much of the Cowboy-Panther game. It's pointless. They're going to kill them. And at first I did not have the giant commander game on. And then all of a sudden I kind of checked the score and I threw that bad boy on the giants kicked their ass. I mean, worked them. And I've seen several people. I think Michael Lombardi put this out there. I've met Ron a couple times. He's a Northern California guy. Went to Cal. I've always rooted for him. When I met him, he couldn't have been any nicer. High character guy. People really, really like him. Old school football guy. Not a very good coach. He's got three winning seasons in 13 years, (laughs) you know, again, good guy doesn't win a lot. Doesn't win a lot. Doesn't win a lot at all. It's it's, it's pretty nuts, right? Because a couple of his playoff appearances have been when his team has been under 500. So it's like, it kind of counts, but it kind of shouldn't. I think it's fair to say that Riverboat Ron or some people I think are calling him because he's no longer as aggressive with some of his play calling on fourth downs paddleboard ron uh is coming down the home stretch here before we get out of here i wanted to uh morgan and morgan i wanted to give a little shout out here to a player that made it look easy i'm a mob guy i love mob shows you give me netflix is just pumping me gaudy shows I, i watched the sopranos multiple times after i didn't watch it live when i was young I've watched it multiple times since. Tony is my favorite character of all time. I've always was fascinated when I lived in Philadelphia about mob ties, about bodies getting tossed here. I just love everything about it. Fascinated. You give me a mob movie, I'm watching it. The, the, when they showed a couple weeks ago, the DeVito family from Jersey, like that, that is awesome. That That is cool. Now, I'm not saying he's in the mob, but it kind of feels like that. I, I want him to be. Hopefully they have some ties. But then everyone's making fun of him because ultimately his his kid, the family's there watching them. It's just god awful. You're like, this is really who I don't know what their choices were. Right, Daniel Jones tears ACL. Tyrod Taylor's got who knows what injury. He's been out forever. So you got you don't have a choice. Like most third string quarterbacks ain't exactly you know Eli or Joe Montana here. But to look up yesterday and see Tommy DeVito. Now I, I get some guys were open. Not sure Washington knew what they were doing on defense. Go 18-26 to 26 for three touchdowns. I don't care if he never throws another touchdown in his life in the NFL. I picture, you know, that that some of those uh, Soprano episodes when, like, Tony's riding with Chris. It's, it's like Tony's the dad, Tommy is Chrissy, and them just cruising telling stories about the time that he played in the NFL. I don't feel like this guy's going to play in the NFL for long, but I have been wrong before. That feels like a story that they're going to be sharing with all their buddies in Jersey and and just for a long, long time. Three touchdowns in a divisional game for the New York Giants when you're from Jersey? like How does it get any cooler than that? So my Morgan & Morgan player that made it look easy has to go to my main man, Tommy DeVito. So if you're ever injured, you can check out Morgan & Morgan. Their fee is free unless they win. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe will win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, <laughs> he's going guard. And then on Love top of it. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, point game. I remember you came out my room crying, tears. Crying tears. <laughs> I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't it? Ain't <laughs> it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. eBay Motors is here for the ride. You know what I remember about my first car? Is that the moment I got it, I wanted to improve it. Because, like most 16 year old kids, you don't exactly get a luxury automobile. So you look at it, you go, well, I need to add some speakers, I need to tint out the windows. at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org. That's pound 529 from your cell phone. That's F-O-R, the people, dot com, slash John, or pound law, pound 529 from your cell. This is a paid advertisement. Okay, let's uh, do a little mailbag. You guys know the drill. At John Middlecoff. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in to those DMs and get your question answered here on the show. Just my name, at John Middlecoff. Let's dive into the mailbag. My name is Jalen. But I'm a Chiefs and Eagles fan from KC. How the hell does Staley still have a job on the Chargers? They cost me $10,000. I heard, I was listening this morning when I was at the gym to uh, Simmons and Sal. And I have to agree that to gamble on that game, to honestly to gamble at this point in time on the Los Angeles Chargers, I still call them the San Diego Chargers, Brandon Staley, Hell, even the Packers at Lambeau, you're a bold man. I'm all for getting aggressive. I love a good bet. Did not have a great night Saturday night, which slowed me down into Sunday. Uh, Loved Oregon State. Obviously, they did not come through. But $10,000 on Brandon Saley? How the fuck could you do that? How could you feel comfortable? Because here's the thing. The thing with the Chargers, and they lose a ton of these one-score games... They also tend to win some of them. I just would never feel very comfortable putting a dollar, let alone 10K, 100K, whatever. Even the biggest of locks. Like, under no circumstances should the Chargers lose to the Packers, especially when Aaron Jones, in the middle of the game, arguably their best player, is carried off the field and looks like he's in tears. But when you play the Brandon Staley defense and he can bitch and moan all he wants, Stop asking me. No, Brandon, we're going to continue to ask you. Because when you call defenses, they get first downs. You blow coverages, and they score touchdowns. Whether you play the Packers, whether you play Chaparral High School, or whether you fucking play Texas Tech, they would get first downs, and they would get touchdowns on your blown coverages. So the questions are going to, no one's going to ask, like, are you going to bench Justin Herbert? Uh, Is Keenan Allen, what else are we supposed to ask? There is only one question when it comes to the Chargers. What is your deal, bro? What is going on? It's crazy. I have nothing personal against this guy. I spotted him as a fraud three years ago. I had buddies that worked with him when he was a young assistant in Chicago. And the one thing I was consistently told, it's not like this guy had bounced around Alabama, Ohio State, USC, Oregon. This guy came from John Carroll, a small school, had never never worked in Power 5, let alone the NFL. And I was told this, the moment he got to the NFL was a know-it-all. Acted like he knew everything. And I think when you watch him, all I'd say all these years later, but the guy hasn't even been in the NFL a decade. And he carries himself like, you can be a dick. Part of being a football coach, sometimes you have to be an a-hole. But when you're going to act like that at press conferences, you better have some pelts on the wall. You better be Bill Parcells. You know, you better be Belichick. You better be Tomlin or Pete Carroll. Andy Reid could snap if he wants to. You're not allowed to. And I hope the media and the big J's They come with a fucking fury on a daily basis. Every press conference you have, I hope all of the big J's constantly and never stop asking. The only question I want to know as a consumer, as a fan, and you should too as someone that bet $10,000, will you still call defensive plays? Are you still going to be the defensive coordinator? I'm keeping my fingers crossed that every question moving forward with the Chargers until this guy is relieved of his duties, I don't root against a guy losing his job, even though... This guy, to me, there's a difference of like hardworking people losing their job, hardworking coaches losing their job. I do feel for that. Th- there's a difference of a guy who I view as a scam artist in that position who's costing hardworking people like Coach Jay his money getting up there and belittling the fellow writer for the Los Angeles Times or the Orange County Register who is asking a question we're all thinking. Well, if you're not going to get fired and the Spanoses can't even fathom paying you to go away— are you still going to call defensive place? Oh my God, I'm going to keep, stop asking me. No, Brandon, we are going to keep asking you that question because we watch your defense. And every week we watch your defense and the same thing happens. And it'd be one thing if you were just some random team, you have a top five quarterback and we view you as sinking the ship. You didn't run into an iceberg. There's not some other external variables. It's you. So I hope that all the big J's in Southern California, hammer. Continue to hammer it. Will you be the defensive coordinator? I can't get enough of it. You talk about Staley needing to go, and I agree. But what about Telesco? He's been there for 11 years and has nothing to show for it. Herbert fell into his lap. He absolutely whiffed on the 22 draft, or free agency class. Agreed. And last year draft, he chooses Johnson over Jordan Addison, and Zay Flowers. I'm assuming you watched the game. Oh, I did. I watched all the Charger games. I, I But I've watched the Charger games for 20-plus years. I like the brand. I like their quarterbacks. I'm, I was always a Phillip Rivers guy. I'm a Justin Herbert guy. You know, it's weird. They, they don't have a big local following. They're always a national brand. Why? They have star quarterbacks. They have star quarterbacks. You get a star quarterback, people pay attention. You don't need to be the 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, or the New York Giants. You give me a star quarterback, we pay attention to you, Right? Tampa Bay's irrelevant. You put Tom Brady on it, we're all talking about it. We're putting you on primetime games. That's the way the NFL works. Yeah, I would say Telesco would be in trouble. I heard someone say this, and they're right. You don't get four coaches, right? You just don't get four coaches. You got McCoy. he got Anthony Lynn. Um, he got Brand Staley. You don't get a fourth. That's not the way it works. Usually, the rule of thumb is you get two Right, but you don't get four now. The Spanos, the family, the whole thing's a little weird. But I've always defended Tom Telesco. I don't know him personally, but I think he's for the most part done a pretty good job. But I'm with you. Like it's weird. You get credit, I think, for like mid round picks. Right, you get Richard Sherman in the fifth. You get credit for that. You get George Kittle in the fifth. You get credit for that. You you get Travis Kelsey in the third. When you draft Justin Herbert at six, and everyone, and listen. Tom's got a little. I mean, this in a nice way because he's friends with like cowards, the Gottliebs. But he's got like, is, does he really like these guys or does he kind of know that he needs them to have his back? Like, that's. I'm always torn. Like, some people in those spots, like Andy Reid or Belichick, you do it so long, you develop friendships. Then there are some guys that know there are certain people you got to cozy up to because you're going to need them during the downtimes. Some GMs don't give a shit about that at all. They're not looking to make friends. That ain't. Their deal. And when I look at him, I go, I I don't know him personally. And like I said, I've always supported him. But, and listen, the Brandon Staley pick might not have been his choice. But you make moves like the wide receiver move. I mean, the dude dropped it that would have got them, you know, in position, right, to kick a field goal. But Zay Flowers is really good. Really good. Jordan Addison, I watched him cook the 49ers. Those, Those two guys are better than the dude the Chargers took. So, yeah, I would say he's gone. I would say he's for sure gone, if they fire Brandon Staley. And this thing with the Chargers. You never know. They are, I truly believe this. I'm not just being funny or whatever. It's a disease when you're super cheap and you have that level of wealth. I always support people that are cheap, that are frugal, if you don't have that much money. Hell, I've never, I have much more money these last five years but I, I've never been one that pinches pennies. I don't have the energy. I was talking about my, my brother with this. He's come in for Thanksgiving and went to pick up some food. And uh, recording this before the Eagles-Chiefs game. And we were talking about some people that, obviously, we both know from growing up. And some of the people, the way he was describing them, put so much effort into, like, avoid a penny here, $100 here. And it's like, I the amount of time and energy that you put into that, you can just avoid it, right? By just doing something else and making the money. Your time is worth valuable amount of money, right? You have a finite amount of time. So every ounce of energy and time you put in, if you only got 10 bucks, all four trying to get that $12 thing down to nine. But when you have hundreds of millions of dollars and you're worried about paying a coach, you'd rather pay a guy seven than 12. I think you're a fucking loser. I think you're a legitimate loser. And here's another thing. If you're a self-made guy, like Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods is notoriously cheap. It is ingrained into you from when you're young. He didn't grow up with much money, and it is hard to shake that. And I give him a little benefit of the doubt when he's in his 20s. But once you're basically almost 50, and people still like he's really cheap, like that's you got to change your ways a little bit, right? When you're like not paying for the Navy Seals, when you're buying cheeseburgers, that's a reflection of who you are as a person. And I'm a Tiger guy, but there's some stuff out there when it comes to money. Michael Jordan like that too right, I respect Charles Barkley, grew up with nothing, gets money, and sees the impact you could have, right, so I think it's a disease, people don't shake it, and the Spanos are, the difference though is Tiger, Michael, they made all their cash, Dean was handed this from generational, you know, his grandpa, his dad, like he didn't do shit, he was just lucky that he was a little swimmer when when dad went into mom, right, so I, I, I think they don't even get enough shit, Right. They they really don't. Mark Davis takes a lot of shit because of his haircut, because of his look. You gotta give Mark Davis credit. It it has not worked. But he has tried. Like you go, listen, the Gruden thing was a disaster, but he went after a guy that all these other people wanted, right? From major USC to Tennessee to all the big time colleges to the Colts. He was turning down Ursay. The Glazers wanted him to come back. Jerry Jones had sniffed around. He's like, oh, I'll give you a hundred million dollars. Couple years later, after that thing blows up in his face, I guess a year later, because he gets fired in the middle of the year for something that Mark Davis had nothing to do with, he gets the opportunity to hire Josh McDaniels. Again, complete failure, but at least he tries. He's like, get this guy from New England. It just keeps failing. The the Spanoses would fucking throw up before they ever thought of giving a coach a six year contract. And maybe they go, well, John, look at them. They all fail. Well, inevitably, you got to get one because you keep hiring these cheap guys. And the other teams you're playing would send the limo to pick them up so they're on the sideline when the ball kicks off. Because they dream about playing Brandon Staley. Anthony Lynn, good guy, bad head coach. Ironically, better than Brandon Staley. Mike McCoy, same thing. These, these are all position coaches. In the I say this all the time about the NFL. Nothing wrong with being a position coach. If you're a position coach, Anthony Lynn's probably making eight, nine $900,000 to be the running back coach, assistant head coach for the San Francisco 49ers. He's not making $100,000. He's making, fuck, he might be making a million dollars. This is not the NBA or Major League Baseball where it's like, you better be the lead dog or you get nothing. Everyone's making huge casts. A running back coach in the SEC is making half a million dollars. The money that is flowing in through coaching is insane. But if you want to get one of the top guys, if you want to have a good coach, if you're watching the Rams-Seattle, both those guys are making $15 to $18 million dollars. That's what Sean McVay, that's what Pete Carroll makes. If you're watching Andy Reid, he's probably making somewhere between $50 and $20 million. 15 not $50. $15 and $20. That's what they cost. Listen, Lincoln Riley kind of sucks now, but like to get Lincoln Riley's services, you had to pay him $120 million. You want Brian Kelly? $90 million. That's the cost of it. You know, that's the price of admission to get guys that have a resume and that could work. You want Jim Harbaugh? It ain't cheap. This is not, we're not talking about hourly workers, right? It's one thing if I get into something and I need a lawyer, maybe I'm not going to be get the, the top of the top, right? But if I have a company that's worth hundreds of millions of dollars and I get into litigation, if I pinch pennies with a lawyer, I'm an idiot. Just like, listen, if you have the means, especially like I'm not a W-2 guy, anyone listening that's not a W-2 guy, I would always lean to pay more for an accountant than less, they can change, they, they can make you a ton of money, right? Hell, even if I am a W 2 guy, if I get a side income, I would always be willing to pay a little more to accountants and lawyers. Because in the big picture, they inevitably can make you money. So, when, so if you're in the football business and you're not willing to pay premiums for coaches, you're gonna lose. You're just gonna lose. That's just a fact. There aren't, you know, $6 million coaches. Rattling off Super Bowls or national championships. That is just not the way it works. Never has, never will. Who are the most famous coaches? All the highest paid guys. My entire life. From Walsh to Parcells to Holmgren to Jimmy Johnson. You just go through all the guys winning the most. It's just the nature of the beast. Thanks for putting my question in the mailbag. Do you think the success of Dobbs, even with the Sunday Night Football loss is a referendum on the Pittsburgh Steelers. They had him for what? Three years, and he never saw the field. I look back and think, could he have had three years to build him up, but instead regressed with Kenny Pickett? I think it's easy to play this game. I I really do. You know, if you look at baseball, it happens a lot. You get guys in the minor league system, um, and for whatever reason, he doesn't crack through. Maybe you do bring him up for a stint, and it doesn't go well then all of a sudden you trade him to the Padres or the, you know, whoever, the Tampa Bay, and he's like an all-star. It happens all the time in baseball. It doesn't happen often in football at quarterback, right? It's rare, like even the backup quarterback that gets traded, like in my life it's happened with Matt Schaub, it happened with Jimmy Garoppolo, where you kind of got to trade a decent amount to get the backup quarterback, but everyone kind of knows. It's pretty rare that a guy like Joshua Dobbs, can be viewed as his complete random. I mean, as a guy, let's face it, who felt like he's holding on to an NFL career for dear life, to all of a sudden, I would say, the Tennessee stretch last year, to this year with Arizona and then Minnesota, where you're like, wait, I am watching shitty quarterback after shitty quarterback, cor- and this guy, people wouldn't pay this guy like five, six million dollars when a year starts to be the backup? It's pretty crazy. But we're dealing with human beings, different franchises have agendas, right? Right? I'll say this for the Arizona Cardinals, they got rid of Colt McCoy so they could just trade and start Josh Dobbs. And the reason Joshua Dobbs lost his job was one, they could get value and Kyler was coming back. Maybe the owner wanted to see the young, you know, rookie quarterback if Kyler couldn't have come back. But yeah, I mean it's you don't you don't see it very often the way it played out, that's for sure. Big fan. Questions for the mailbag. As a fan, I see when a defense makes a tackle for a loss, especially in third down. The defense tends to run about 10 yards or so. Why can't the coaching staff teach the offense to line up, get a free play, and outside penalty? Okay. I I read that pretty poorly. That that was... I butchered the English language right there. What he essentially asks, they get a big tackle for loss, they all celebrate, why don't we get up to the line, snap the ball when they're off, and get a penalty? That's a good question. (laughs) I mean, we should... That's a good question for an offensive coach. Because... I also think it's probably a little harder in reality than it sounds in a DM. Because if I think about I get a TFL. I guess a lot of them would happen on a run play because a sack. But let's say it's a sack. Well, some of my wide receivers might be 15, 20 yards down the field. So I got to run them back. So it's there, there's a lot of moving parts. And even on a run play, my wide receivers are in the corner blocking. That, in theory, should be easier. But... I don't. I honestly don't have a great answer for you. Do you think the Chargers should just rip the bandaid off now? I get. I'm getting a lot of Charger questions. And Kellen, you know why? And this is what I respect about the NFL. And I told Coward this on Sunday night. There is no tanking. When when you turn on Washington, New York, when you turn on that Packers-Charger game, the Packers, sh- you know, in theory, should just lose out. The Giants should never win a game again. Right? Put themselves in the best draft position. This season's going nowhere, but no one's wired like that. Coaches, executives never talk about losing, ever. I've been in a building that you know, been four and eight. I've been in another, well, I wasn't in the building this the next year when they actually went four and 12, but no one's ever trying to lose, ever. Maybe that last week, you kind of mail it in, but that's just not the way guys are wired. And most importantly, the players do not give a shit. They, they just don't care. And in fairness to the players, like, I can be cut at any moment. The overwhelming majority of guys on a field for the bad teams don't have huge guaranteed contracts. And I've been taught my entire life, from high school through college, because you got to play college football, even if it's a lower level. But the majority of guys in the NFL are Division One football players. Through the NFL, especially most of the league is not first round picks. It's a lot of fourth, sixth, seventh, you know, undrafted free agents. You're told every single rep that's on film is your resume. So, and the other thing is in football, unlike basketball, like James Harden just can't—he can just have a game where he doesn't try. It's like whatever. Russell Westbrook can just stand there not trying. It's like doesn't matter. All my money's coming. None, none, none of it matters. Same thing in baseball. It's like you can bench me if I'm not hitting well. If I'm making twenty million, I'm making twenty. At any moment in the NFL, I can get cut. You. And two, if I'm they put me in the game and I'm not trying, if I'm a D tackle or a linebacker, a running back, I will get fucking hurt. So. It, is, it, it really hit me on Sunday. There are a lot of variables why the NFL has lapped every other sport. Like the gap is enormous. The gap is so big. The second biggest sport in America by a wide margin right now is college football. So it goes the NFL that's in a different stratosphere. College football, I, I saw this list of the television ratings for uh, two weeks ago. Like Alabama, Kentucky. Alabama, Kentucky. Alabama destroyed them almost 3 million people. For example, there is not one NBA game, LeBron, Curry, this regular season, maybe Christmas, but not now that the NFL plays on Christmas, that will do numbers like that. If the NBA was doing big numbers in this in-season tournament, the whole reason they did it, that's all you'd ever hear about. But they, they, it's hard for them to sniff one and a half, two million 2 million people to watch their big games. That's with Curry, Giannis, LeBron. People don't watch it. Getting football, Alabama fucking Kentucky And they they were like the 10th highest rated game of that day. Michigan, Penn State did almost 10 million people. The World Series didn't do any over 9 million. Now, I know it was a bad matchup, but still, obviously baseball from a viewership standpoint has fallen behind. But like one thing you know as a football fan, even if your team sucks, even if your team really sucks, the Giants, for example, you're going to watch it every week. One, you know, scarcity of, of inventory. You only get one game. And two, on any given week, it's not even cliche. You know your team could win. More than likely, you're going to lose. But like, you Buffalo. Like, why am I watching this game? And all of a sudden, you're like, we're going to beat the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. A couple weeks later, we're even shittier. We're playing Washington. Like, God, Washington's just better than us. All of a sudden, Tommy DeVito's throwing touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. you're like, we're going to win. And then you win pretty easily. And that's what football has that us as a consumer— we have never had more options. We got a million things to watch. Netflix, Apple Plus, podcasts, YouTubes. You can watch anything at any moment. It doesn't matter. Hell, you want to read a book or do you want to listen to the book? And then, you know, families. We Like anything in life, people have responsibilities less and less time, especially the older you get. But you know with football, for the most part, it's on Sunday and you only have to give your three hours to watch your team. It's the greatest television business for a sport ever. There is no duplicating that. The NBA and baseball pushes back so fast. You're like, probably take some games away. They're like, no, never. Okay, no one's going to watch. No one's going to watch. You're losing viewers. And I'm a diehard sports fan for 30 years. Watched all sports my entire life and the individual sports. Grew up watching tennis. Obviously, I love golf, but I've never argued like golf's niche. I mean, they struggle to get two, three million people watching. That's just the nature of the business. So do all the other sports now, except football. And I thought it was on full display Sunday with like, God damn, everyone, you can say, oh, it's been a shitty year. I don't know. It feels like the same as always. And these teams, man, they just try. They, they, They really do. I don't see Harbaugh going to the Chargers. I just don't see them paying. Will you give a scouts rundown of Jair Brown? Probably spelled the 49ers rookie. Maybe you did after the draft. But a refresher. And maybe how you thought he uh, performed in limited play. Well, you know, a lot of guys, and he was their third-round pick from Penn State. You know, when you're a safety or a linebacker or, you know, positions like that that go in the third or fourth round, you obviously have people in the building who probably think you're, you know, a top, you know, somewhere between, I would say, pick 50 and 80. Like, you could be a second-round pick, but you also could be a fourth-round pick. You're always going to have a limitation, whether it's a size component, whether you're a little undersized physically, whether you're short and speed, right? When you go to the combine and you run slow, fair or not, that determines your market value, right? The size of a lot on a given street, like my house even was in shitty shape when I bought it, did a full remodel. Well, the value is still relatively high because my lot is like 30% bigger Than everyone in my community, except like three other lots out of, I don't even know how many homes, let's say 800. So like there are certain things that bump things up and certain things that bump things down. And when you run a slow 40, we can say, listen, you're not paid to run 40s in the NFL, but it does factor in to your evaluation in terms of the market of what I have to pay on draft day for your services. And he didn't run that fast. If memory serves me correct, I think he ran a four, six. But he was an extremely productive player at Penn State. I think he had a ton of PBUs. It picks like he was very, very productive with the ball on one of the best defenses in the country. But if a guy like him, if you run a 4 4 2, you probably go in the second round. But he runs a little slower. Again, I I am going this off just memory from whatever, six months ago. You know, you fall into the, the third round. And now, you know, Hufunga tears his ACL. He's got to play. It's the NFL right starters go down all the time and young players rookie second year practice squad guys are thrust into positions like that hey john should players wear more padding in today's game i get that it might limit the speed players can generate but with all the talk of keeping players safe would it not be the obvious thing to do thanks have a great thanksgiving also favorite thanksgiving side dish uh, I, I'm a pretty meat and potatoes guy when it comes to Thanksgiving. Just give me my stuffing, give me my turkey, give me a little cranberry, give me mashed potatoes, give me whatever greens you have, whether it's peas, whether it's green beans and I'm good. Like that's, and obviously the Hawaiian rolls and then I'm king of open the freshly baked Hawaiian roll, put the turkey in the Hawaiian roll, put a little cranberry on top, dip that in the mashed potatoes. And then if you have peas, you could even then take the mashed potato part of the dip into the peas, take a bite. I don't think it gets any better. I'm always offended by people that don't like turkey. When I hear I'm not a big turkey guy, it's like, yeah, that pisses me off. Listen, love red meat as much as the next guy. But I love turkey. I love a fresh cooked turkey on Thanksgiving. I also, I mean, shit, I like it on Christmas. Even though, you know, my brother's more of a prime rib guy, I like prime rib too but I, I I always, I don't know. I'm just, I'm a big white meat guy. I like turkey. I like chicken. I, I like it a lot, actually. It's easier on my stomach. Maybe that's part of it, right? I think red meat sometimes, I don't exactly have the rock's metabolism here. So I the, the white meats are easy on my insides than uh, definitely feels like some of the red meat. And I'm not some health conscious freak, but I've just thought it was easy. Now there's that after feeling of the turkey, get a little sleepy, have a, have a cup of coffee, right? Have an espresso. But I'm a big turkey guy. Here's the thing. Like, let's let's take some knee injuries that we've seen from Jordan Travis this week, the Florida State quarterback, to earlier this year, Nick Chubb. Hell, even Hufunga tore his ACL. Like, what would padding do to any of this? I, I, I don't think it has... These guys, I don't think padding has any... Uh, ability to neutralize and slow down any of these violent injuries. I I really don't. Right? If you play high school football, they make you wear the hip pads, they make you wear the thigh pads, and they make you wear the knee pads. If you watch a lot of NFL players and probably college as well, you see a lot of guys with maybe on each side of their leg one piece of the foam padding. I I just don't think it has much impact. I I really don't. (laughs) You know, I, I, I just... I don't know if it would change a lot. The, the violence in which someone is running at you head first, shoulder first, if I'm two hundred 240 if Fred Warner is running at you full speed, if if Miles Garrett is running at you full speed, there's just nothing that is gonna limit their power in the the velocity of the impact. So I, I hear what you're saying. Like in theory it makes a lot of sense. Like, why don't you just put some more pads on? But it's not like a hockey goalie. Right, you would want to wear more pads as a hockey goalie, one, to limit the airspace, and two, so you don't get injured or or even a catcher in baseball. I just think these lines, I, I think, I, I don't think it would limit anything. It's hard to find a major injury in the NFL from contact and go, if he would have just had more leg pads, that wouldn't have happened. It's not like a seat belt in the car or something, right? Met an evil version of you at the Blackjack Table Casino in Wisconsin on Saturday. <laughs> I wonder what he was like. Two questions. Why don't you gamble? I do heavily. I've had to pick my spots as I've had a, you know, a remodel that has cost me a lot of money. And I just, I, I don't get all, like, I can't make a $100 bet on the NFL. It does nothing to me. I, I don't care. I, I'm, not, I'm not acting like Jeff Bezos here. I'm just telling you, for me to place a bet now, it's hard for me to place non-golf. I can place a hundred-dollar bet in golf, thirty to one, right? Or even ten to one to win a thousand. I, I I can't place a two-hundred-dollar NFL bet to win two hundred dollars. It just it's a waste of my time, energy, and honestly money. Because if I lose it, it does nothing to me. I have to bet enough where I get juice. So to me, to bet, make a bet that's worth is going to start with four figures. Now I'm not saying that's ten thousand or you know nine thousand, but even if it's a thousand, 1, fifteen hundred, two grand. You start betting four or five games, like all of a sudden you look up, you're at 20 grand. So I I go one game at a time because of this remodel situation has been very expensive. But that's just being honest with you. But I can't afford to bet 25 grand on a game, but I have to bet enough to keep me going. Like a $100 bet on a football game, it's just I've been gambling for too long. I mean, I was doing that in college when I didn't have any money. So I've been gambling so long that I have to gamble and that there's nothing like it, right? I could bet five thousand dollars, let's say Thursday, let's say I pick one of the games, Lions Packers. If I bet five thousand dollars on that game and won that high of winning it and watching that game, would trump me making, you know, from a podcast fifty grand in a quarter or whatever. I mean whatever, right? It would it would there I don't get any juice from business money. And I've been doing this now in in the trenches of non-W2 life for close to a decade. At first, it is kind of invigorating. And obviously, it it never sucks getting bigger and bigger in terms of money. But it doesn't do anything for me. My juices are unfazed. (laughs) Honestly, I I swear. I'm I'm not saying if someone handed me $50 million, I wouldn't get juiced up. But relative to what I've been used to generating now for a while, even when I increase it, it doesn't do much for me. But there's nothing like gambling. Nothing. There is no high like winning a bet. That to me, to make the same amount of money that I win the bet to get the same feel, would have probably have to 100 exit. So, I, I mean, I don't know why you think I don't gamble. I fucking love to gamble. It's why I think so many people in the media are such fraudulent. Like, you couldn't get them to bet $50 on a game if you put a gun to their head. These people, That 99% of people in the media... Would never gamble. So when I see him promoting stuff, it's like, you are such frauds. You're just you're just such a whore. Which, listen, I'm all for It's part of business. But it's like part of this is like acting like you're doing it when you're not doing it at all. And uh, I've been gambling since I was 16, sneaking into Cash Creek. Do you feel Kevin O'Connell feels more free to call his offense with a mobile quarterback like Dobbs as opposed to Kirk Cousins? I think they were humming with Cousins. I mean, calling that offense against the 49ers when he went like 35-45, as the kids would say, he was in his bag. I just think it's different. And I think part of calling an offense with Dobbs is there were a couple plays on Sunday night and definitely the week before where he kind of freelances. That's the thing. When you get a running quarterback, a lot of times when it results in a sweet play, the play caller had nothing to do with it. Stuff wasn't there and the dude just runs around. And sometimes when you run around, especially if you don't go past the line of scrimmage, you end up making an explosive play or throw a touchdown. Like, the play caller didn't have anything to do with that. It's just the player. I would say most things with Cousins, you get credit for it. Like, you're a partner with them. When you get a running quarterback, it's not a 50-50 partnership. <laughs> it's definitely not. Because some of his greatest plays are just completely instinctive, making shit happen from scratch. Big fan of the show, been listening for a while. I'm a Packer fan and looking at their remaining schedule, they have four winnable games. If they do finish 8-9 and and Love looks like a solid quarterback, do you see the Packers trading down in the draft and gaining more picks trying to get in the top eight and grabbing a quarterback? I told Coward this the other night. You got to be very careful when you have performances against the Chargers and Brandon Saley. That does not define your success. right? To me, this is a big week for him. Short week, divisional opponent, really good team. You don't have to win, but does he keep looking good? Does he keep... I mean, his numbers yesterday to the two young wide receivers and the two tight ends were awesome. It's like he's playing Brandon Staley. I don't think anyone knows what they're doing out there, right, in terms of, like, what Brandon's calling in the defense. I don't don't think anyone's on the same page. So I I think there is a lot of interest as they play. I, I have to look at their schedule, but... So you got the Lions Thursday then you play the chiefs at green bay then you play the giants at new york which while they suck that's a pretty interesting game then you play the bucks at home like i watched the bucks yesterday against the niners you know they do have some good defensive players now devin white got hurt in the game but vita Vea is really good they've drafted some young pass rushers the last couple years you know some of their corners have just been there for a while what's his name the the young safety from minnesota panthers they suck vikings so it's I mean, does he have multiple double-digit touchdown games? Like, back-to-back games where he throws 250 yards and a couple touchdowns? Maybe three touchdowns and a pick? Or does he have those games where he's struggling to be in, like, the low 100s and no touchdowns? So I, I think he still has a lot on the line. He definitely... Listen, a game's a game. In yesterday's game, he was really good. But, you know, I've seen him early in the season. I'm like, I don't know. Now, he's young. He hasn't played that much. I know he's a technically an older player in the sense that he's been in the league a couple years, but he hasn't played. First year starting. So I would say these next, they got six more games. If, if four of them, he can throw two plus touchdowns. So he can get to, let's just say, that would be a, let's say he gets to 11, 12 thrown touchdowns. I definitely think he could make a pretty good case to just run it back another year and draft other players but that that to me would definitely be on the line uh it's weird like he can look really really terrible And It's part of football right most guys they can have really good games and look awful baker mayfield had some good games and he can look terrible one throw it's like god he looks like a former number one pick another throw you're like that should have been a pick six that's most most guys are not peyton manning or tom brady so i guess part of it is getting used to i think it's hard for packer fans because you're used to Rodgers, which what 96% of his games are gonna be good. Even most games you're losing, he's good. <laughs> like this is Jordan Love's much more of a normal quarterback situation. We're like, is he good? Is he bad? Should we keep him? The good thing is, and this is where you guys get credit, no fifth-year option pickup, and you're not paying him any money. So see how it goes. Adios. The volume.